Purple Heart Homes presents Putting the Pieces Back Together, a forum for veterans and the community to connect. Here are your hosts, veterans John Galena and Brad Borders. Well, hello. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. I, I didn't know who was going to gr- bring us in. Well, you were too busy playing with your phone, as uh, usual. Again. You I, got a, and you got a new phone. I just I, We've got to announce to the whole world oh, that yes. Devin has a new phone. It, it's much like my old you playing phone. playing Tune Blast on your new phone? With less cracks in it. It's less a, cracks. <laughs> <laughs> Brad just said that he doesn't ever know what I'm doing, and the, the truth is, is, is I don't either. So, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, you're listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together, brought to you by Purple Heart Homes. Uh, we are a 501c3 dedicated to improving veterans' lives through uh, improving their home. And, and uh, if you want to know more about... Purple Heart Homes, go to phhusa.org. If you hear me kind of like hesitant in my voice, the engineers is <laughs> crawling through the studio. We are not used to the no engineer idea. crawling. What um, happened right there? That I, I was amazing. Completely the threw on. me off my game. <laughs> yeah, I, it did. I saw your eyes averted and uh, it was like there was an attack coming. I, I hope I said the right things. Yeah, <laughs> I did. think you did. Good. <laughs> Tammy, what's the website people can find out more about Purple Heart Homes? Then she just panicked and froze. I panicked. Don't. phhusa.org. Look at you, girl. Oh, yeah. That's You can find out more about what we do right there. Is Devin, are, are your head, is your headset comfortable? Because it looks like it's up here in this eye. So, so I always put it just slightly okay. off. Well, I usually don't sit here, so... My, okay. The sound of my own voice hurts my ears, so I can't put it, I can't put it on both ears. That's incredible. So we're missing a member of our team today. John Galena is on a super secret mission again this week uh, somewhere. He's got a lot of those, doesn't he? He does yeah, have a lot of super a, secret huh. missions. That's a TSSCI clearance for those of you that know. So, uh, But uh, we are really excited. I'm just fired up about this show, and uh, we've got a great friend of mine. Old friend of mine. We're not old yet, but uh, we've known each other a, a minute or two. Um, Lou, uh, Colonel uh, retired, not quite retired. Uh, Mike Sullivan is joining us uh, via the internet, and uh, really happy to have you here, brother. And everybody calls him Sully, and so uh, welcome, welcome to the show, brother. Uh, it's great to see you, Brad, and I'm uh, very excited to be here. Yeah, we are excited to have you here as well, my friend. Um, so, uh, you know, typically what we do with our guests uh, on putting the pieces back together, we kind of go through a little bio. So uh, if you would, tell tell our listeners a little bit about you, where you're from, and uh, maybe some family background, and, uh, and then what in the world uh, made you want to join the Army? Yeah, sure thing. So, um, well, I, you nailed it. I'm coming up on almost 30 years in the U.S. Army, so it seems like that's a long time, but it went by really quick for me. The um, but it all started back. I'm a, I was born in Yakima, Washington. So Eastern Washington Yakima. state. Yeah. Um, I'm the, the fourth and the youngest in my family. I got an older brother and two sisters and, uh, my mom and dad are, uh, are, you know, they've been, they're still with us and they, they've been just great, uh, representatives of what it meant to be like, uh, members of their community and serving. Um, so I grew up in a household where my dad was the prosecuting attorney, but I, he was also a Vietnam veteran. Oh, wow. So there was, you know, memorabilia around the house. And then you, you dig a little deeper and you, you start to find out as you get older, he was actually the sole surviving son of a World War II B-24 pilot. Oh, wow. um, And then 
Yeah. So when he was one years old, though, his or just before, he, he never met his father. His father died um, in the Indo-PACOM theater. Wow. Um, actually, then in French Indochina, now Vietnam, um, he was shot down. So um, my grandmother remarried him. My dad was a, adopted by Joe Sullivan, who was also an Army vet in World War Two. My mom's dad on uh, he was a Navy uh, World War Two vet. And then his father was a World War One veteran. He was uh, he, he, he's famous for being one of the youngest guys in Montana ever go to to go to medical school. He joined the army thinking he was going to be a doctor um, because of an injury he had. They made him a medical corpsman. Um, so he was serving as an enlisted man until he ran into one of his instructors overseas during the war. And he got a, a battlefield commission to officer. So a wow, okay. um, bit of a family business when it comes to just the, it being around my life growing up. But um, started out... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, your kids uh, have taken yeah. on the family business. Yeah, they carry it on today. So uh, we have twins, Jackson and Samantha. They're both uh, 2020 grads from uh, the U.S. Military Academy, West Point. Uh, Jackson's nice. an infantry officer. Samantha's an engineer officer. Um, Jackson's testing cold weather equipment in the high north in Alaska right now. He sent <laughs> us a picture where he's going to be living in a tent at negative 50 degrees tonight. No. Um, yeah, his mom's a little nervous about it. He's all excited about it, sending us pictures of his whole face being, you know, covered in snow and frost. <laughs> yeah, and then Samantha actually, she she did her time, her platoon leader time and stuff in uh, in Colorado as an engineer, um, but she is quite the rugby player. So she's in what the Army has uh, calls the world class athletic program for the Olympian athletes. And she plays rugby now full time as an army officer the, for USA. The rugby. army has a a rugby team. Are we not the army? Yeah, the the, the national team. The national, the national team. Oh, so yeah. So so she she's she's qualified and the team's qualified to go to the Olympics this summer in Paris. So oh, that's really she exciting. Stays, yeah. yeah. So if she stays that's healthy. That's where we'll be this uh, summer watching her play. And I'm, I've watched. Uh, Sully puts up clips of Sammy playing uh, rugby, yep. and I'll tell you. You, she's very intense when she's on the field. I mean, yeah. she's coming. She at gets you. that from her mom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. I know you're super proud of those kids. And I met them. I met uh, Sully's kids when they were, oh, they were still in high school. You know, kids. They're 14, 15 years old. And and uh, did you I'll, gas them too? No, I did not gas them. That's a that's another story. Brad gassed I, his I gassed, own kids. I I, I'm just I, checking to make sure he didn't gas your kids. Yeah, I'm was, sorry. Yeah, that, 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 uh, that's a that's a long held story around our household. About do you remember the time Dad got his tear gassed at Fort Jackson? So uh, uh, no, I did not gas. And Sully, so just just that's to check, good do parent. good good parents gas their children? I'm just wondering. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you build many, resilience. Yeah. There's too many too many tangents we could go off on on not that parents, one. Right. Dad. Yeah. Just dads. Just, just dads. their children. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Tammy. And That's they fair. don't tell their mothers. I would, in all fairness, I probably yeah. would have did it yeah, if I had the opportunity. Yeah, and, and my kids never, we never told mom until about five or six years later, I think, was when it came up at a family dinner or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, you remember that time? She's like, what did you do? So uh, anyhow, <laughs> um, man, thanks, Mike. And, and uh, man, we appreciate that story about your family and, and uh um, really grateful. So obviously we're going to, we're coming up on a break in just over a minute. Um, but when we come back, I'd love for you to speak to your journey into the military and, 
you know, being a Green Beret and what it takes to get all there. And, and maybe we'll talk about some of the folks that you served with that meant a lot to you. And I know you're still friends with a lot of them. And uh, so we're really, really glad you're here. I want everybody to know that, that uh, we'll get into this in more, more in depth later in the show, but Mike currently serves as the chief of staff for Team Red, White, and Blue, which is a nonprofit uh, health and wellness uh, nonprofit for veterans. And you can find out more about them if you just kind of Google Team Red, White, and Blue or Team RWB. Um, you'll be able to find out more about and There's a big event going on this month that Team RWB is involved with. We'll talk more about that as well. And so uh, that's really cool. And uh, so, Mike, thanks for being here, brother. It's awesome to have you. You've uh, been listening to putting pleasure. the pieces back together. Oh, uh, yeah, you yeah. kind of jumped in I, I, a little I bit early. I jumped in right We're over not, our guest. We're not quite there. To We're the not break. there. The music We're was just kind of coming up, and, and here we uh, are. We're coming We're there. Still and now you can say it. Ten You've seconds. You've been listening to putting the pieces back together. We'll be right back. <laughs> More Putting the Pieces Back Together with John Galena and Brad Borders coming up on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Now, more Putting the Pieces Back Together with John Galena and Brad Borders on 1059 100.7 WSIC. We're back. You're listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together, and we have a great guest today, Mike Sully Sullivan from Team Red, White, and Blue. And uh, we were just uh, getting ready to have a conversation about what uh, what his military career was like and, and mm-hmm. all them special forces trainings and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and how, how you get that cool forces trainings? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get that cool patch. Yeah, yeah, it's a technical cool, term. Yeah, yeah. technical term. Yeah, I, yeah that's yeah. the tradoc term. That's right. right. So, that's, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mike. What in the world? How do you how do you how do you go from being in uh, Yakima uh, to becoming a Green Beret? What does that path look like? Well, it, it was a little bit as a Green Beret it was unconventional. The, yeah, uh, there so, you go. Yeah, so I, w- I went to college in Southern California, a small school called Claremont. Um, was not in ROTC at first. Went down there because I, as I mentioned earlier, the youngest of four, so I was the last of the four children to go there. Um, Small school, I was playing Division three football, and I got a letter in the mail my sophomore year before the summer saying they have a two-year scholarship, the ROTC department, for anybody that wants to go to Fort Knox, Kentucky, do basic training, and then join the ROTC department for your last two years of college, and then you'll commission as an officer. So um, I figured there'd be a lot of competition. I was the only person to sign up, and they said, <laughs> as long as I made it through uh, basic training, yeah. I had a two-year scholarship, That's right. which I was all about. because. You were like, you called back home, you're like, Mom, Dad, I won. I made it. I made it. I did it. I'm number one. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's great. Top block. Uh. (laughs) So uh, went off to Fort Knox, made it through there, um, graduated, became a field artillery officer. Um, First duty station. I thought I'd travel the world. I was right back at Fort Lewis, Washington. Right. Um, And then, you know, we would go to Yakima where I was born and raised to the training center there to fire our huge cannons. Um, but uh, it was a great experience. I actually then fast forward, go to my captain's career course. Um, I decided to go to the armor career course to do something different than the field artillery one. I get orders to Germany and get stuck on the staff in the US Army uh, Europe headquarters doing exercises and things as a young captain not a battery commander and doing the things I thought I'd do. 
sat next to a 10th group uh, senior captain, junior major. He got promoted while we were in that job. And he's like, hey, man, like, you'd be a perfect SF officer. <laughs> um, at that time, I wasn't sure I wanted to stay in the Army. I knew I didn't want to continue on as a field artillery officer, so I decided to put my packet in. It it was rejected because they said they couldn't get me out of Europe based on my commitment there. Um, you, you, they, they expect you to stay there in Europe as the Army pays a lot of money to move you there. Uh. Um, but fortunately, I was doing a project for the U.S. Army Europe uh, Commanding General, and I did so well. He's like, hey, uh, Mike, what, what do you want to do next? And I said, I want to go to selection but they won't let me go because I can't get out of my commitment to my time in Europe. He goes, well, I'm pretty sure I can sign that waiver. Yeah. So he, he signed the waiver and they sent me off to, uh, you know, I told me, okay, you're going to get one shot at this because you're so senior in your year group at this point um, to get through selection and then the Q course. So I, I was fortunate enough to go to the special forces assessment and selection right here in central North Carolina. Um, like, it was a an experimental one, so they had added like an extra five days. Oh, thank um, you. Which was yeah, it was great. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what you want right there, an extra yeah. five days of training. And, and, yeah. and which meant they also were doing it off cycle, so it was in June, so it was a little warm and humid. Yes, a little sticky. So yeah, it, it was it it's it's a tough course, and you can Google about it. Um, a lot of long movements with weight on your back. Um, <laughs> Extra weight woods. too, yeah, an yeah. extra weight you get to carry, yeah. and you know, Team Week is also also pretty awesome too. So Team Week, they decided because it was experimental, we were going to do it tactical. So they gave us <laughs> fake guns, and we had to pretend like we were moving heavy things, apparatus that we had to make up as we went through the woods. Um, <laughs> but we had to say tactical while we did it, so you had to clear danger areas and do all this stuff um, that you normally didn't have to do. So it, it made it that much more fun with patrol base activities at night. Awesome. Um, so, but I made it through, um, it, it's a pretty grueling process. You know, there was only about, there's about 300 of us, I think that started that class and, you know, you had less than a hundred, make it like 70 something yeah. uh, selected. Yeah. It was, uh, between, it was that officers and NCOs. Officers well. and NCOs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But you're just a number. Yeah. Everybody kind of, figures out who's who, but, uh, you truly, even though it's an individual thing, you find out real quick, you, you need to find the people that you think are going to get through that and yeah. can help you get through it mm -hmm. and then yeah. mutually support each other throughout the whole process. Um, that's awesome. And then, that, yeah, that they, it, uh, it was, it was an incredible like thing. When I got back to Germany, my wife was like, what happened to you? Cause I had dropped like 15 pounds and you know, it didn't fit in my clothes. And so, yeah. Um, but it was, uh, yeah. So from there was selected, good to go. Um, this is like 2000. I come back for the qualification course as a captain and make it through that. And then you, because we deployed to different parts of the world, I was learning French cause I was a third group guy. Cause I was supposed to do a whole bunch of stuff in Africa. Yep. And the day I was picking up my books for language school was 9-11. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So um, they didn't accelerate us or anything like that. We I, I finished the language school. I went to uh, uh, SEER school, survival, mm -hmm. evasion, resistance, and escape. Yeah. That's where you get to learn to survive in the woods and then get to survive in a prisoner of war camp. That's yep. a fun event. Captain Chaos um, comes to visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, – Got to third group, and it was about a month later I deployed for my first trip 
to Afghanistan to stand up the Afghan National Army. That mm-hmm. was our first mission I did. So you can, I, I joke that people could blame me for the success of the <laughs> Afghan National <laughs> Army long term. <laughs> but, uh, but that was my first trip of six to Afghanistan. Um, I spent most of my time in third special forces group from a special forces team leader all the way up to when we met Brad when I was the third battalion uh, commander. Um, when did you take command at, of third battalion? Was that, um, 14, shoot, 13, it was, uh, 15, 16, 15, 16. Was, okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 Those are some, so, uh, those are some, uh, interesting days. I'll say. Yeah. It was, it was some challenging times Yeah. at that point, even though it went another, what, four years, we were downsized to one. We went from five battalions of special forces. Yeah. teams in Afghanistan to when I took over, there was one and I was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were expecting us to do the same amount of work. So it got, it got dicey at times. Um, few injured. We lost two guys that rotation. Thankfully we had you at home kind of keeping things going well for us back on the home side of things. Um, but all in all, um, we felt like it was a good rotation despite yeah. those two losses um, accomplished a lot. We thought at that time, and then actually when I got back the next year, third group decided, you know, the, the powers of be decided we would go back to Africa in terms mm-hmm. of our, our mission set in terms of training foreign armies across the continent. Mm-hmm. So I was the first battalion commander to, after 10 years of being away to put teams back onto the continent. So that was an excellent experience as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you did a great yeah. job, man. Um, you know, look back over, uh, you know, just folks I know and, you know, when, when people talk about Sully, you know, talk about as a leader, um, everybody, you know, you get, you get a plus man, you know, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, from, from guys that count, right. You know, the guys yeah, that count are yeah. the dudes with the stripes on their sleeves, you know, that not only got the, you know, NCO stripes, but the, but the combat stripes to prove it. And, you know, when those guys are like, yeah, that guy, that guy took care of people, um, you know, that's high praise, man. You know, it's one yeah. thing to get it from, you know, in the form of a, of an award or, or, you know, you know, some general saying you did a good job, but when, when the dudes that served under you, um, are proud to have served under you, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's all the praise in the world anybody ever needs. And, and you got that. And so I don't want to, I don't want to fluff it up too much, but, uh, <laughs> a lot of people love you and a lot of people respect you, man, you know? And so, yeah. uh, uh, we're, we're really grateful for you and, and you led well and I watched it, I watched it happen. Um, and, uh, so I know, you know, firsthand. So we're, we're grateful for you. Um, so you transitioned out of, uh, you know, you went out of the operational world in, in SF and then, yep. then they put you at a desk and they, <laughs> so they kind of do well, to for you. a little bit. Yeah. Um, my, my, as a, I immediately went to the war college and then as a Colonel, I got to command again. Um, but this time it was just for a year in Lebanon and I was in charge yeah. of all the joint special. So I had Marine special operations teams and, uh, um, air force, a bunch of, you know, green berets. Um, and we were working with multiple different units in Lebanon. Yeah. Primarily at that point, we were helping them kick ISIS back out of their country. So that was an awesome time to be there. Yeah. Um, wow. but it, that's an interesting place to be. It was a great year working out of the embassy. It, it's a, it's a unique place on this planet and i was very fortunate to have that command yeah. came back they did put me behind a desk but then the i got another opportunity to command with uh, a conventional unit that's much similar kind of mission to go train foreign armies called the army's uh, security force assistance brigade so i got 
command of second SVAB, which had Africa as their um, area of responsibility. And it, that was an awesome experience as well. We had teams in like nine different countries mm. um, deployed for six months at a time when I, by the time I left. So they were doing amazing work training foreign armies. So our army wouldn't have to deploy to, you know, help them out. Yeah. So, Quite a yeah, career, man. Quite a yep. career. Yeah. And, and here we are, right? Um, we got just under a minute before we go to our, sec or our second break. And uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about transition. Um, sure. And I definitely want to talk about Team Red, White, and Blue. Uh, this having an impact on so many people's lives, uh, veterans' lives, and their families all across the country. And so uh, uh, super grateful. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about, maybe I'll ask you about a, a leader that uh, you looked up to. And maybe we'll get a funny story in. And maybe we'll let Devin say something. At oh, some no, point. I'm, I'm Speaking good. of funny stories. Fun, funny yeah. stories. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we, we had the third. Yeah, here's Devin. Yeah. There's hey, Devin. you've been listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> that was very We'll be back with more of Putting the Pieces Back Together with your hosts, John Galena and Brad Borders, after this short break on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Now, more putting the pieces back together with John Galena and Brad Borders on 1059 100.7 WSIC. You are back. That's where you are. You're back on uh, putting the pieces back together with uh, all of us here in the studio. That's right. And my I... friend, Devil Dog Devin, and my wife, Tammy, Mrs. Giggles. <laughs> And okay? our guest, Mike Sullivan, <laughs> Sully Sullivan. Did you forget that you were bringing us back? I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just so for if y'all were listening or watching on Facebook, uh, Brad announced it very loudly. I'm bringing us back in. I was like, I took command. And then I just crumbled. I just crumbled in the midst of it. Hey, this show's presented by Purple Heart Homes. You can find out more about us at phhusa.org. Find out what we do for veterans each and every day, solving housing problems for them. Absolutely. Safety and accessibility renovations. Um, and, I, you know, I just, uh, before we get back in with Mike, I just got a, a message from another veteran who owns a building company. And uh, a veteran in Winston-Salem had a retaining wall collapse uh, right behind his house. And um, tons of mud uh, went into his home. Uh, oh and they're, um, they're over there fixing that this week, reached out to me. And so I've got to email in to uh, our team to see if maybe we can provide some assistance on that. But uh, In Winston-Salem. Uh, you know, stuff happens all the time. It and does. I talk about um, we're in the process of uh, um, working with Love United Iredale through mm -hmm. the United Way and, and through their grant program. And I talk about barriers. You know, there's all kinds of barriers in life. There's economic barriers. There's socio, uh, social, social barriers. There's... There's growth barriers, but then there's physical barriers, and a lot of the veterans that we work with have barriers to their home. They either can't get in, can't get out, and it's safety. Uh, it could be life-threatening if they can't get out of their homes or they can't move around, and so uh, uh, we try to go in and solve those problems, and uh, I think uh, I think we do a pretty good job of it. Uh, we do an amazing job of it. Our, our, pro our project managers uh, are— Crushing it. Yeah, yeah, they really it, are crushing it every uh, single day. If so. they had more money, they could they could do even more. I mean, they mm -hmm. they, they they spend those dollars well. well that sounded like a great segue. If they yeah. only had, if more they money. only had more money, and if you wanted mm -hmm. to help them out, you could go to phhusa.org and uh, join the Hearts Honor Club today. You are a broadcast professional. It's, you know, I've I've heard that. You know, your head is not nearly as shiny as it was last <laughs> week either. <laughs> 
Oh. Well, I, I had to, I had to like wipe it down <laughs> Joe uh, brings before the, the Joe oh. brings the lights back up. <laughs> <What> the? <laughs> oh, uh. I'm glad the radio listeners can't yeah, can't see right. my ad. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, warning, warning, warning. <laughs> You know, I think the 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 listeners want to hear from our guests, and I not think about they my do head. Too. I think they do too. Yeah. So you're listening to uh, our buddy Mike Sullivan, uh, Colonel 06 type. Uh, it's a shame they didn't give you a star. They should have. So I'll just state that uh, personally. But uh, you're uh, in the process of transitioning out of the army and uh, heading into the veteran landscape, and your beard proves it. Oh, yeah, that's a nice <laughs> so, beard, too. It's... So, yeah, it's fantastic. You got some product on that thing. So, uh, But, um, Sully, tell us a little bit about, man, you, how you got involved and what, what in the world is Team Red, White, and Blue, how you got involved, and, and what's going on with that organization? Yeah, absolutely. So Team Red, White, and Blue is going into its 14th year. It was started by a friend of mine, uh, Mike Irwin, at the time. We met, he was the intelligence officer in 1st Battalion, 3rd Special Forces Group. I was a company commander. Um, a few years after that is when he came up with this idea of starting a veteran nonprofit. Um, at that time, helping, you know, the vets coming out of Iraq and Afghanistan transition back, you know, into the civilian life. Um, he saw a, a gap there um, and he, he wanted to fill it. So he, he came up with this idea of using fitness as a means to bring veterans back together in a social environment and get them um you know back in that familiar you know team like uh, you know unit like atmosphere mm -hmm. with like-minded individuals kind of challenging themselves through physical activity and, and it's been growing since the beginning it was about a year into it he called me when i, I was still on active duty um and said hey i need you to start the uh, fayetteville and then fort bragg now fort liberty chapter of team rwb um so i took that on for him so i i've been involved with the organization for 12 and a half 13 years um as a member as an early kind of eagle leader and then um it was about a year or two ago mike started to ask me hey what are you going to do when you uh retire and i wasn't quite sure like most uh you know guys that spent that long in the army and um he's like well i think you'd be a great fit for the organization um in 2017 the organization still focused on the enrichment of veterans lives um still focused on that transition piece but saw that it really their their lifeblood was that physical activity that was building on like the health and wellness of our veteran community um so they changed the mission to focus solely on building a community that would be the premier kind of health and wellness uh, veteran space you know in the united states so it, it's it's a it's a great organization it's mostly you know volunteer run um we have 190 plus chapters across all 50 states you have 200 plus uh eagles that have signed up and then um just really getting after it primarily through in-person physical training events Mm -hmm. um, that are designed to keep people active. Yeah. Um, we have our own app that gets people, you know, also informed, um, and involved in what, you know, we're trying to do in terms of building this community of veterans that really care about their own health and welfare and their own health and wellness, and then serving again, uh, their battle buddies and trying to improve theirs. And when you say Eagle, what does that mean? That's so uh, it, it all comes out of the, the, the logo that, you know, 
Mike came up with back in the day, obviously, you know, red, white, and blue team RWB harkens to the flag. Um, but they chose an Eagle as the mascot, the symbol of, uh, who we are. So for years, people would probably say, Oh, team RWB, that's the largest uh, veteran running club in the world. Cause you would see people <laughs> wearing this red t-shirt with the Eagle on it at races. And, uh, it just became, you know, from five K's to marathons, to ultras, to, you know, just uh, deciding to get off the couch and get after it again. Yeah, and rucking, the, um, rucking and rowing. And rucking, ride, now it's ride, rucking, cycling. rowing, cycling. Yeah. You know, um, we multitude of events. But uh, we it, it naturally became the thing that, you know, well, we, we, we need to have a term for ourselves, so we'll, we'll, we'll call each other eagles. So um, it, it it's tied to, um, you know, we see ourselves as being a group of, of folks. You know, you're an eagle if you're a part of the – the crew we live by an eagle ethos we're always chasing that eagle fire there so he is that's uh, all awesome. yeah. chasing the eagle yeah. fire so Devin, yes. you yeah. can become an eagle i can become it's, an eagle it's very simple you i just would be a bald simple. eagle you would be the <laughs> there's your social media clip for the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is right there that's your that's your youtube short of the uh, day right yeah, there it's, <laughs> It's fantastic. Oh my lord! Yeah. So, Mike, tell me, is there is there a memorable um, thing that Team Red, White, and Blue? Is there a story that has come out of that particular veteran or or yourself that, that you've seen some or heard about some you know really dramatic impact? Yeah, I think um, you know just you'll see it if you go to the events. You you just see it immediately in terms of the folks that are there. Um, and, it, and it's a mix, right? Everybody from like, you know, a re retiring special operations guy to someone that spent, you know, their initial enlistment in the military, but really loved what the military did for them. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter the branch. Um, just excited to be back around folks that, you know, really enjoy that team atmosphere, being a part of a unit and serving each other. Um, so you see the impact all the time. I mean, recently, um, Mike Irwin, our, our executive director and founder, he got a call from a guy who was really active for years, dropped off, um, had some issues in his personal life and realized just from like scrolling social media, like, Hey man, it seems like team RWB is doing a lot of stuff still. Mm. And they got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. He reached back out. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we have a, our own application. Um, it's kind of like the veteran safe space. Yep. I mean, social media is great, but, uh, you have a space where it's just veterans helping veterans. You can pick from any of those type of activities we talked earlier, share advice, share photos. Um, you're not going to get pummeled with, you know, celebrities or influencers yep. or, yep. you know, app, uh, you know, advertisements. Hey, Mike, it's, we're going to have to put a pin in it right there. Yeah, um, sure thing. There's going to be a lot more for Mike uh, when we get back. You've been listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together. Putting the pieces back together, we'll be back with more of John Galena and Brad Borders after these messages from 1059-100.7 WSIC. Putting the pieces back together continues now. Here are your hosts, John Galena and Brad Borders on 1059-100.7 WSIC. We're back on putting the pieces back together. <laughs> 
you've been <laughs> live on WSIC. <laughs> yes, I'm have. trying to get myself back, uh, my composure. Uh, <laughs> Brad hit a zinger while the microphones were off, and uh, and uh, I don't think it was FCC friendly. No, so uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It was just pushing the envelope uh, uh, yes. a little bit. So uh, um, yeah. So hey, we are joined by uh, Colonel retired, almost retired Mike Sullivan. Everybody calls him Sully. Uh, dear human being and a, and, a, and a great leader, a great man, and uh, um, we're really glad he's here. He's with Absolutely. Uh, He's now uh, continuing the mission uh, of taking care of folks with uh, Team Red, White, and Blue. And uh, we were talking a little bit about Team Red, White, and Blue being a health and wellness community for veterans. It's all over the country in 50 states, over 100 chapters, 200,000 uh, veterans signed up to include their, the newest one. Which is Eagle Dog Devin that is going to be signing up uh, the bald today eagle, to be, aka aka the bald eagle, right? And uh, so, uh, as a part of that community, there's events that happen, and and this Absolutely. month there's one that started today. So tell oh, us a little that? bit about what that is and how people can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... This month, we actually partner with another organization that puts on what's called the Taji 100 that harkens back to, you know, uh, Iraq days. But the, the goal here is that you're moving throughout the month of uh, February and either individually or ideally as a team, you come together and you log at least 100 miles as an individual, uh, maybe a couple hundred if you're on a psych, you know, on a bike like like yourself, Brad. But um, it's, it's an excellent opportunity, again, to like build that community and that team environment where you have accountability to some friends. And uh, it, it was awesome to see the kickoff today, especially in the Eagle app. You were just seeing everybody fired up. Like, yeah, I got my first six miles in 94 to go. Yep. So wow. you have, you have yep. 29 days this month to do it. Um, for the rest of the year, we have monthly missions. We January was great. We uh, hearkened back to the uh, Gulf war and recognize those veterans with the Gulf war chocolate chipper. Um, it was a workout of the day that you had, a very short amount of time to get it done in, but they, you know, accomplished a, a big win of a war in like a hundred hours. So, mm -hmm. uh, but, but we do that each month, you know, we'll have a March to Baghdad and, you know, we'll have the Vietnam battle drill. We, we, uh, do one for red wings. So there's each month you have a different monthly mission and uh, a training plan to get you ready for that. So, so, so I, you could be at any skill level and start this off. And oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The goal is again, like it, if you're a ultra marathoner and you want to continue to like push yourself, you know, you find that group within the community, whether it's virtually and then ideally in person, you get together and you do some stuff. Um, it, it, if you're just trying to get off the couch and get back after it, cause you're like asking yourself, am I ready for what life's going to throw at me this year in 2024? Um, well, maybe I should uh, check this thing out and uh, you, you know, everything's scaled. Again, it's a community of people that are going to support you no matter where you come to the group with uh, your, your your fitness journey. Um, and ideally, we get you back going in the right direction because um, it's just, you know, that that's what it's all about. We used to do uh, with our F3 group here, well, we still do uh, every Memorial Day, do the 21 gun salute workout. And I think yeah. that was developed by somebody in Team Red, White and Blue somewhere along the way. Uh, it was. That's yeah. a serious one. That one is that <laughs> one is no joke. And we've done that. We've done that every year for pro here, probably for the last ten years. And uh, it is. It involves some box jumps and some other horrifying things. And uh, but it doesn't have to be that. It it can be, it can really be anything. It can just be walking, 
or, you know, maybe putting a ruck on your back and putting 10 pounds in it or something. Yeah, or you absolutely. can go nuts and, you know, you know, like Joe Baker and put 60 pounds in your ruck and go walk 12 miles if you want to. You know, I don't know why you would want to do that. I don't know why you'd want to do if that either. If you're getting either, paid but, to do it, uh, it's a different thing. But if you're not getting paid, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really cool. What is there like one big... Um, like, you know, like your, um, hallmark event of the year that is like what everybody's trying to build towards as a, as one big community. Not, not necessarily. I mean, um, that's where we, we, we try to do one big one a month. Yeah. Um, and then what we do, um, what we've started for like the last few years is we've encouraged everybody to like vocalize a big fitness goal that they're going to go after individually yep. in the year. So like, um, and it should be something that you might fail at, um, ideally. So, so you're really challenged. So like for myself, uh, I've run the JFK 50 miler five times. I did the, my fifth time was two years ago and I've decided, well, I should challenge myself and actually run 50 miles the day before I run the JFK 50 miler this year in November. So that's my big fitness <laughs> oh. goal. <laughs> wow. And, uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll see, because there's a lot of folks signing up now for the JFK, I think, just to see if Sully's going to be at the start line <laughs> at the finish. So, so me, let's back that up. You're going to run 50 miles the day before you run 50 absolutely. miles. Just like yes. as a warm-up. And, and for all of those just, out there yeah, who yeah. think that your officers aren't hard, this man oh. is was a colonel <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, running yeah. 50 miles. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to run an extra 50. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy hard. I was, yeah. I was crazy told early hard. on in my special forces career by a sergeant major that I would always have an NCO with me for the mm -hmm. rest of my life Yeah, because I didn't always make the right decisions. <laughs> 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 without that person yeah. checking my uh, decision making that's fantastic so, yeah. that leads me to this point tell me about you know we have five minutes left and i want to you know, i'm just gonna leave this time for you but tell sure me thing. about um, a, a leader that you looked up to uh, throughout your 30 years of of service i mean i know there's a lot of them but is there yeah. anybody that sticks out mm. well i think uh it is funny and it's kind of tied to this. It does stick out and it's a leader that was actually like, you know, my assigned battle buddy. So when I was a company commander as a major in uh, first Charlie Company, 1st Battalion, 3rd Special Forces Group, my sergeant major, Ben Innerbitson, which we called Nevada Ben, born and raised in Nevada. Um, he was one just an amazing individual in terms of like providing me that guidance and mentorship that i needed um often he he was uh my own personal i guess uh jiminy cricket at times where he'd say hey sir your integrity just jumped out of your cargo pocket and ran across the room and you might want to go chase it down but the uh he, he was just a phenomenal human being and what i you know what i didn't realize at the time was he was teaching me that you know self-assessment and self-awareness is what makes you a great leader mm. and he constantly challenged me to do that and i think one of the funnier stories that i can tell is we were in afghanistan and i had been told to do something by the battalion and i decided that for the you know for the company i was going to write this really angry <laughs> email probably full of words that i can't say on, on the radio <laughs> and, and thank uh, you for that <laughs> he, he noticed i was typing away and he's like sir you're typing angry what are you doing i was like i'm writing an email to the battalion commander to tell him we're you know what we're going to do and what we're not going to do and he's like that's awesome he goes you have horrible grammar let me check that out before you send, hit send so i got done typing it i stand up i let hey sit down check this out this is like a masterpiece email <laughs> And he's reading it and he's like looking up at me and he's like, this is good. This is good. All right. He's like, let me change this. Yeah. 
And then he looks at me and he hits delete. <laughs> like, what did you just do? Yeah. I go, that took me like a half hour. He's like, do you feel better? Because you would have ruined your career and everybody's lives in this company. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you wrote that. Just get that your anger absolutely out. amazing. Yeah. It, was, so it was like that became typing the thing. If bag. he saw me typing angry, he's like, yeah. I'm going to proofread that. Yeah. Yeah. Was, it in, uh, was it in all caps, too? It was all yeah. caps. All caps. Yeah. All yeah. caps. Bold and italic. Yeah. yeah. All caps in italic to the battalion commander from the major. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that never, that, yeah, you, you probably look, looking back on that now and going, but that dude saved my life. He did. Multiple times. That is fantastic, man. That is a yeah. great story. Well, we are being just uh, really honored to have you on the show. I want everybody to, uh, if you could, uh, go out and find Team Red, White, and Blue. If you're a veteran and maybe you're disconnected and uh, maybe you're kind of looking for. I just got a call to uh, do f- from a uh, uh, mental health professional today, and he said, "Hey, I know this veteran uh, that is isolated, and and he's 36 years old, and and he doesn't know what to do. And I mean, like, you know, if I get if I if he relents and reaches out to me, my first conversation with him is going to be about Team Red, White, and Blue, and get connected with us, you know, here in our community. And and uh, so if you're listening, if you're you're a family member of a veteran that is isolated and struggling and needs that community, uh, please let them know about Team Red, White, and Blue because uh, uh, it's been a great help to a lot of folks. And, and you got guys like Mike and, and you know at the helm uh, running this thing, and uh, it's a great organization, man, and we can't thank you enough for, for doing what you do. And so, uh, Yes, thank you, Mike, yeah. for that. So uh, we've got a minute left. I'm going to leave the last word to you. Anybody you want to say hey to uh, or any words of wisdom you want to uh, put out there for our listeners? No, I just really appreciate the opportunity to come on, tell my story. Definitely the opportunity to talk about Team RWB. Um, I say it a lot in my social media posts, but I truly believe my entire life has been successful because I was surrounded with people on a team um, that was looking after me, um, gave me a sense of belonging, that sense of accountability, you know, the opportunity to serve them as well as myself. and I just think that's what truly makes people successful in life. So, Brad, you were one of those guys. I, I thank you for it. And I just go out there, go to teamrwb.org and find your team. Appreciate awesome. you, brother. That's awesome. Hey, you've been listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together. We'll catch you next week for a wonderful show. Absolutely. You've been listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together, brought to you by Purple Heart Homes. Please consider making a donation to this worthwhile cause dedicated to improving the lives of veterans one home at a time by visiting purplehearthomesusa.org. Join us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for Putting the Pieces Back Together on WSIC News Talk Now.